Remember high school? Wasn't high school the best? And then somebody goes back and high school was the high school was the best, man. I was the I was the star quarterback. That's not true. You went to did your school even have a football? You know what? We had a football. You went to a, a performing arts high school. There's you guys didn't have football. We had a football. It was a prop for one of the musicals we were doing. <laughs> Fellas, don't drink that coffee. Still watching the the uh, pilot though. We're actually not even halfway through the pilot, and this is episode two. We probably should start speeding up. Right? Well, I mean, I, I, let's be honest. <coughs> Sorry about that. As I said last week, but I think it was when we were done recording that I did. I wasn't prepared for you to be so. You could say it. I wasn't prepared for you to be so nerdy about it. That uh, this is like my Star Trek. It's, I, I'm, I'm excited because I honestly didn't know that you had this in your life. <laughs> like, we have talked about music at length, but, you know, yeah. music is music. Like, everybody pretty much loves music. Yeah. But this is like your Harry Potter. This is my thing. Yeah. And it's just, I didn't know you had that. And it and makes you, me and, feel good. Well, you're you like, know? and you're like, you're my best friend and you didn't know that. Well, it's because when, you know, this, I think this the whole thing of binging TV and being able to watch all of this so accessibly, you know, it's fairly new. Sure. So it's not like, you know, and, and when it happened, there was like so much to catch up on. They're like, oh, now I can watch all of, you know, West Wing or now I can watch all of The Sopranos and all of The Wire. You know, it was like, you know what I mean? Like, so it was kind of Twin Peaks and then Twin Peaks, well, maybe a year and a half ago is when it started streaming. I think it's been on Netflix for a while. But going back to like why you said you didn't know, I think I grew up in Southern California in like the mid '90s when it wasn't cool to like anything. I think I had that <laughs> beaten out of me to like not let on that I was in. Like it now, it's really cool to be a nerd and to be into like certain things. It was not, you know. And I think no. I think you either like really wore it on your sleeve, or you like kept it to yourself. And I think that's probably why <laughs> that's probably why i'm like <laughs> so hesitant to be like yeah i really really am into this one thing but this yeah. is maybe that's what this podcast is about me just like coming out <laughs> of my i'm not gonna say twin peaks closet but you know anyway maybe, maybe coming out of your uh coming out of your twin peaks uh rocky shore that didn't work coming Sorry. out of my plastic Twin Peaks Lumberyard. These are the only things I know so I'm, far. I'm, unwrap, I'm unwrapping my own plastic, people. <laughs> so this is, uh, this, is, yeah. uh, this is episode two of Dish and the Percolator. I am your host, Sean O'Donnell. My, host, my co-host, Dallas. How are you, Dallas? I'm fine, Sean. Thanks so much for uh, asking. You know what? You're welcome. Where, uh, <laughs> where can we, what's your Twitter handle? Where can we find you on the internet? It's at 9-11 was an inside job. Um, it's pretty long. I only said that because it's 9-11 right now. Um, you really left me hanging on that one, Sean. Okay, thanks. Did I lose you? 
Try, it, try it one more time. What? Where can people? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened to that? I don't know. All right, let's skip it. My Twitter handle is at Sean T O'Donnell. Wait, wait, wait. Why are we skipping it? <laughs> All right. I'm at I'm at Dallas underscore MC. Yeah, that's my Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram at Dal Skips. We will. There, there we, you go. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Okay. And my, my Twitter is at Sean T. O'Donnell. And our podcast Twitter is at Percolator Pod. P E R C O L A T O R P O D. Like your favorite band from Chula Vista. Um, you can follow us. Thank you for making it this far to the second episode. God bless you. We promise to get through the pilot uh, by the end of this. So, um, you want to dive right in, or you, is there anything you want to talk about? Current events? Uh, oh, man, you know, this whole Trump thing is a mess. Okay, let's dive right in. Okay. <laughs> um, so, where we, we stopped last time. You wanted to stop right before Agent Cooper comes in. Uh, we had talked about how you felt like it shows kind of a drag. You, at one point, had called me during the day and said, I don't know if I can watch this anymore. Mm-hmm, but then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin shows up and saves the day uh, for the, you know, in the show and then also for you. So why don't you start start us off? Well, you know, the show was, very, it was kind of a drag, moving very slowly. And then when, when McLaughlin shows up, as I like to call him, uh, oh, Christ. Did you just say McLaughlin shows up? <laughs> no, hold on. The kid is calling. Hold on. Okay. For those of you listening at home, Dallas is a small... Child, I'm going to cut all this. I might not cut all this. But I'm probably going to cut all this. Grown-ups, come back. I've replaced you since you've been gone. Oh, it'd be so funny if you had somebody else already <laughs> called it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, no, I, I didn't do that. Welcome back. Um, so, okay, we were talking about yeah, we talk about Kyle McLaughlin shows yes. up, and yes. like I only know him from the Showgirls. Oh, the Showgirls and um, Portlandia, and then yes. random stuff. Like I saw Blue Velvet. He was in the Doors. He was Ray Manzarek. I hate the Doors, so I would like never the, watch the band or the movie. The band enough to not want to watch the movie again. Okay, like I saw it once, and then that was enough. I'm yeah, like, why would I want to? No, it's not like a oh the doors is on let's let's watch. Yeah, I just don't really care about the guy who wrote "Come on, Baby, Light My Fire." Like nothing about that interests me. Well, it's a good movie. I like. I mean, and I think Val Kilmer's great in it. He's great, but he's Val Kilmer. He's great in everything. MacGruber, Top Gun. Um. So here, <laughs> so I don't know what to expect about Kyle McLaughlin, but everybody loves him who's seen Twin Peaks. It's like their favorite thing in the world that he's. Yeah he's a part of the show. And so I want, I expected a lot and he delivered like in the beginning, that yeah. first, the monologue in the car. And, uh, he talks about like the places he was staying and the food he was eating. Yeah. And it was really, it, it was just funny. And it, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, when like Aaron Sorkin has those people that he always has in his movies. Cause they just handle his dialogue very well. Yes. Or like Scorsese always gets like Leo or Robert De Niro. Yes. And I think like this is the first person I've seen like really 
like get Lynch. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, part of that, and like people <clears throat> have said this, is he's kind of like playing Lynch almost in a way, like that kind of golly gee, like um, like he's definitely an extension of kind of a part of Lynch's persona. Uh, I I thought about like um, when you know, like Mike Myers did Lorne Michaels uh, with Dr. Evil, <laughs> but also so did um, uh, Mark McKinney in the Kids in the Hall movie, you know, with um, oh uh, Don Rorator, you know, the guy who owns the pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some, kind of like that where it's obviously that's not this exact person, but it's kind of a tribute kind of in a way. So I think there's a lot of Lynch in McLaughlin, and obviously like he's used him a few times so he sees something in him as this kind of leading man. Um, but I agree. I, I love the opening scene, and I think it's really kind of unique how they use the tape recorder in the show just to like – and Mark Frost has talked about how it's just like a way to burn through all this exposition, like, you know what I mean, to get all of this information uh, out without actually kind of having to do it in a way. It, it's like – it's a really kind of unique and cool device to use this tape recorder – you know, to get information to the audience. Yeah. I would have like, <clears throat> I had, I developed a theory like really early on and his, his, when he entered the show yeah. was that, uh, there, like, he's not a real FBI agent <laughs> and that the person, he's not talking to anybody and he just happens to show up <laughs> like at the right time. Yeah. And, uh, I don't want to be, I don't want you to don't be spoiled be, if that's true. You don't want to be wrong. I won't, we, we won't go into that. Well, but I can't wait until I'm, it might happen. I'm not going to, we're not going to spoil anything. We're just going to go as as things come at us, we'll take as them. As time goes by, as Sinatra once said. Um, uh, yeah, so I really like that a lot. Like, I liked his entrance. I thought yeah. the way he came into the show was really good. Like, the kind of guy who, like, knows all this stuff. And and there's one scene in particular that, like, I really love that reminds me of, like, a silly film noir scene. Okay. But it's kind of further along, so okay. I don't know how you want to... Yeah, no, let's... I think we should just go through the episode. So, we he gets... Uh, we get the scene of him... And then next thing is he's at the uh, he's at the ho- the hospital. So he goes to the hospital to meet Sheriff Truman, and they have that scene where they meet, and he kind of tells him, "Look, like you know, FBI. When the FBI's here, we're in charge." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, th- I that's great. I love how he. I, I've seen McLaughlin in interviews talk about how he felt he was like too young to play the part. But I think it's cool because he so has this like youthful kind of like, "What kind of trees do you have?" But then he also, (laughs) you believe him when he says, like, Sheriff, let's get a few things straight when I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, he's just at the right age where I feel like he has the authority. But but when he talks about, like, a snowshoe rabbit, it seems, like, believable. Well, it seems like he's maybe just... I, and again, I don't know. I'm going off of whatever. So it seems like maybe he just achieved a certain rank <laughs> yeah. where he can pull this off. You sure, know? sure. But he, like he's still new enough to the FBI where he's like just in wonder about everything else that's happening. I, I think it's just kind of who he is, too. He's still like the small things. He still gets so excited about that most of us yeah. care less. Um, so there's this you think that's a, you think that's a, like a commentary Lynch gives us like stop and just recognize the small things. Well, I don't know if he's like. I think that that's part of who he is. I mean, I think that's, you know, he takes pleasure in, in uh, you know, in simple things that we miss, right? And I think that's fair. That's <laughs> yeah. Fair to say. And I think it's, sure. especially now in the year 20, you know, 15, it's, it's time to, you know, stop and 
Smell the roses. Um, hmm. I know it's 2016, by the way. I was hoping you'd catch me. To see oh, I, no, I don't. I have, I have a kid. <laughs> I have no idea what yours is. Um, okay, so that's when, right after that is when we, we meet uh, Russ Tamlin's character, uh, of Dr. <laughs> Jacoby, with the wine corks in his ears and the, like, blue and red glasses. It's so great. Um, he's one of my favorite characters this scene is so weird and creepy um, where he's, you know, it's just perfect. And yeah, it's, he, it's like he shows up cause you know, I, I cheated a little bit and went to the IMDB. And so I knew it was a character and I'm like, Oh my God, where's Russ Tamlin going to show up? And he shows up in this, yeah. as this character. And I'm like, Oh, this is dumb. But like, you know, I don't know anything about Russ Tamlin's career other than he was freaking riff in West Side Story. So yes. I don't know where what he was doing before this. I mean, he could he be doing a bunch prepa- of Tales from the Crypt or something. He was preparing for this role, man. That's <laughs> so apparently he like picked his outfit. So he's got like the Hawaiian shirt on, I think, and just like the just the ear the wine cork earplugs is like, what is that? Yeah, it's kind of um, silly. And it's silly, and he wants to come see the body, and they're like, no, why would you want to? And he says, you know, Laura's parents didn't know she was seeing me, so we're kind of like, okay, this dude's really strange. Um, but anyway, that's <laughs> it's great. I, and that's another place where, like, I've, McLaughlin, like, where Agent Cooper's, like, kind of shows, like, he's in charge. Like, no, you know, maybe you will be help some other time, but... Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, totally. It, like, it, it shows that he's good at dealing with people. Yes, which he'll, yeah. he'll have to do a lot. Um, so, and then what's next? So they go to see Ronette, right? And she's in shock. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor's like, you can't talk to her. Um, but he checks for fingernails, and there's nothing there. And Ronette's freaking out. Um, and then I think we see the scene where they're in the elevator and there's like the one-armed man. Did you see that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, I think they are just kind of like, what's the deal with the one-armed man? <laughs> and he walks off. And then he does like a weird 80s dance move off screen. Oh, I wish. There should be more of that in this show. <laughs> Can I spoil it and tell you that I don't think there's any more moves like that in this show? Uh, I don't think it's much of a spoiler and sure. Okay. Because honestly, um, I feel like... I. Having worked in TV as much as I have. Oh, have you worked which, in TV? Well, not a lot, but some. I feel like there was a network exec that was like, you know what? I, I'm okay with everything except for the that breakdancing kid. No more of that. I feel like that happened at one time. And he's like, oh, fine. I'll let go of the breakdancing kid. There was probably at least one note where it was like, we need more break. The breakdancing <laughs> kid tested really well in ages 18 to 24. <laughs> Can he wear a Michael Jackson glove? Yeah. <laughs> um, the next scene. So then they they go to examine Laura's body. Um, this is great. There's the guy there who there's like the lights are flickering right, and apparently this was not supposed to be the case. Like this was actually happening, and Lynch was like, "It's perfect. Let's shoot it." Um, so the guy's like apologizing for the lights, but this is something where they wrote this extra a few lines, right? Cause the lights were supposed to be fine. So when he goes, um, when he finds something under the nail and he goes, would you give us a second? And the guy goes, Jim. And he goes, would you leave us alone, please? So the guy thought he's asking him is his name, <laughs> <laughs> but he was saying, would you give us a minute? And Lynch kept it all of this. 
So that scene could on script is way different, but um, <laughs> there's a lot of these stories where like what was on script is nowhere near what ended up being on. But I love that scene just because of all that kind of just weird things that went wrong. And Lynch kept it and said like this is perfect. Um, and they find a letter under a nail, which is mm-hmm. just awful. I hate any. T- I hate like I hate all the CSI like gross close-ups of bodies and stuff i can't deal yeah i'm not a big fan of uh i'm not a big fan of the dead body yeah and uh i was thinking about this more like you know he goes in the dad goes in to see the dead body and i don't know if i would do that like i don't think i would do that with my daughter well, they needed to id they had to have someone id right <clears throat> so like yeah, but that would be yours or your wife's job and i think sarah at this point is like in a coma his wife his wife is in a coma like I she's didn't know all drugged name. up. Yeah. The one who screamed a lot <clears throat> earlier. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. <laughs> Some night when you're asleep, I'm going to play that <laughs> <laughs> like over, your, over your stereo. Um, so, okay. So then let's see. Where are we? Okay. The next scene is at the... Oh, I love the name of this. is Big Ed's Gas Farm. So... Um, <laughs> Dawn is there, and then Mike shows up looking for her. Yeah, dude. Okay, I want to stop here because, like, I love Mike um, and Bobby, but I love Mike because, like, he's such an awful, like, 80s bad guy. Yeah. Um, And his nickname is, like, Snake in this. (laughs) So I have this theory that, like, every writer in the 80s, there was, like, some blonde kid in the 70s who kick the crap out of him because yeah. i feel like this guy showed up in so many things in the 80s you know whether it was like karate kid or like every every show had like the blonde obnoxious bully um and and yeah, this so- this character this like you know stereotype really did a number on television writers in the 1970s it's almost like every writer in the 1970s was that uh, was uh, the long-haired kid from Days and Confused. Yes. And just and had a bunch of O'Banions in- running around. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um so we get I think we've already seen Mike but I this is the first time we kind of get a glimpse into him and he, he tells Man. he goes this is when he says to Ed like, "Oh Ed, I'm not your friend." Um Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. get to the sheriff station right now. Um but then there's that great line where uh, where she goes, oh, I know how to pick him. And then when Ed looks in it, I think this is, I don't think we've talked about um, um, about Nadine yet, his wife with the, the eye patch who's doing the drapes. And yeah. he goes, yeah, I know how to pick him too. Um, Nadine is amazing and <laughs> one of my favorite characters. And we're going to find out a whole bunch more about her. I don't really want to get into it. Yeah, well, we can't because I haven't seen any of it. I know, yet. that's why, but I'm just saying um, I love Nadine. Um, well, that's it's good because so far I, she just made me chuckle like once. And she's then I'm just, like, oh, is this all she's going to do? In the pilot, all she's doing is yelling at Ed and like just running her drapes back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. We get oh, we get a little bit more of, of her in the following episodes. Um, okay. So the next scene is a great scene where uh, they're back at the sheriff's station and um, Cooper and Truman are going through the diary. Um, 
And so they find, let's see this. So they open the diary and they find a, well, she says something like, uh, some line about like asparagus for dinner. I hate asparagus. Does this mean I'll never grow up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Which I love. I had asparagus for dinner tonight. Um, Oh, look at you. Your pee's going to smell. I have have grown up, apparently. I like asparagus. Asparagus is good. I wish someone would have told Laura that she would grow up and like asparagus one day. Um, Laura Laura Flynn Boyle? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) So they find find a little little, uh, plastic baggie that he thinks is going to test positive for cocaine, and Sheriff says, like, no way. Um Anyway, there's the line at the end there where he says, Diane, I'm holding in my hand a box of chocolate bunnies, uh, (laughs) which is really funny. And it goes directly into the scene of where uh, Andy has found the the place where the the murder happened. And so it's like this great line right into like, you know, him bawling, which is very, (laughs) very much the show. Like really, really the sheriff I'm crying. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what he says. But it's, it's it's very much like Twin Peaks is this great one liner right into someone weeping. Um, (laughs) And then they go, yeah, they go back. Yeah. So he's telling Lucy, please don't tell sheriff I cried. Um, So they go back to the sheriff station and they're, they're interrogating Bobby. um, And it's great. They, uh, when he does the like, if I sang songs with her, if I skip rope with her, and he's, he has this great, like, where he looks at the sheriff and he goes, We ask the questions, you answer them. Um, <laughs> I love that scene. I love that he, I don't know what he has, but he writes on like a calculator, he did not do it, which I was like, What does he have? I don't remember anything like that where you could like type. Yeah, like type notes into it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's weird because it like I remember, to... I remember writing like boobless on a calculator and like still, sending it still to writing <laughs> like, Look what I did. Um, yeah, I, but it had to exist because it, it would be weird for them to invent technology. I know, you but know just what I mean? none of my friends had any of that. Yeah, well, we didn't live where they lived, and we weren't in the FBI. We weren't so. a special agent FBI. Yeah, so he could have had these cool calculators that you could also write things in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was weird, but there were those like big calculators with like, I feel like there was like letters and graphs. And well, I remember I the know. graphing ones were like, I remember the smart kids had figured out how to like, like make a basketball game where you could like shoot hoops, which like, that was the, that was the really cool thing kids had at school in like 1995. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. he's got the calculator with basketball on it. <laughs> God, we sucked. Um, NBA Jam, dude. NBA no. Jam, yeah, yeah. That was I, I'm like the the introductions of Bobby and Snake. Snake uh, for me, like I hated them immediately. Yeah, and I know that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to hate them, but like it was um, <laughs> like I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. We could talk more about it as we get okay. to the, the end of it. Yeah. But it, but their characters really bother me. And for a reason that is, a, it comes to life at the end of the episode. Okay. Um, so then he questions, uh, so he says he didn't do it. He questions Donna next. Um, and she's just like crying, trying to, mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out what they get the video of them. Um, and he's saying like, you know, 
it wasn't just the two of you. Someone took this and she's like, Oh, it was some passing, you know, hiker, but he knows obviously it was someone else. He's trying to get her to give up who we know is James. Um, and then, um, and then in there, I think this is when Audrey Horn, um, has this great little stretch where she's at the receptionist desk and she like, she's has like the, her pencil and the coffee. And she's like, what would happen if I did this? And I was immediately reminded, and I'll try not to speak about the two of us being parents of young children, but this (laughs) felt like something my two year old would do. Um, like she, (laughs) then she pulls it out and the coffee goes everywhere and she's like so happy. And then cut to when she goes into the, where the Norwegians are. Yeah, Yeah. And she's like, my friend was murdered. Um, and there's that great, the guy's like, is there something wrong? Young, pretty girl. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're like, they should cut back and the Norwegians are leaving. The Norwegians are leaving. And she's so happy. She's like this giddy, you know, she's, there's something wrong with this girl. Cause she's like, she reminds me heavily of a, an infant child at times, um, with the way she's looking for attention and her reactions. But. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like that's one of the parts of the episode where I was like, where the music was like, yes. and I was like, come on, this is so stupid. Yes. Like, I was really upset. I, like, I was like, I want, can I fast forward through this? I have, I have like the, um, I have like this, like, really bonus extended cut of all of the songs. And I forget what the name of that one is. It's on there. It's like, you know, but yeah, obviously it was written as like very, uh, like polka Norwegian. Anyway, <laughs> they knew what they were, they did it on purpose. Um, well, I will. Co- you couldn't have not done that on purpose. Like, there's no way that somebody does that, puts that song underneath that, and I, and no one notices it. <laughs> that sucks, dude. That's like my favorite song. My wife and I danced to that at our wedding. No, you didn't. I was there. I know that's true. Okay. Um. <laughs> so the Norwegians are leaving. So um. Let's see, where are we next? Yeah, the Norwegians are leaving because some weird clown girl just just yes. came in and did something weird. Yes. Okay. I don't, there, I don't like that character. There's a, um you don't like which character? Audrey Horn or the Norwegian? Audrey Horn. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. like her. She's annoying me. Yeah, and she's I'm like, well, if this, I was think, think about she, her in this episode. She's just very like, I know, I but she did like two things instant. in a row where if I was her parent, I would literally like lock her in a room. Well, don't don't you think that that's what we're kind of getting at here is that her dad's Ben Horn and he's probably not a good parent? I don't know yet. Okay, well, that's what I'm trying to like. Okay, kinda, sorry. I'm trying sorry. to right. clue you into what's happening here. Don't clue me into nothing. Okay, so um, so then there's this scene back at the show. It's kind of going back between there and the sheriff station. Um they let Bobby go and him and Mike are talking um, about they're looking for a biker. And then they catch wind that Lucy's been kind of like listening. Uh-huh. And then Lucy comes in and she's like, you know, uh, Oh, you know, agent Cooper, I listened to Bobby and Mike and they were going on and on and he cuts her off and he's like, let me guess they're looking for a biker. And they're like, she's like, how'd you know? And he, he has the thing where he pauses the video and you can see the, the reflection of the uh, motorcycle in Laura's eye, which I don't, how does that work anyway? Yeah. That, so that for me, that was the moment where I'm like, this is very film noir. Like, yeah, 
1950s TV show detective where it's like, yeah. it was in his eye. Yeah, yes. You yeah. Know? And, like, and there's some dramatic music and then it cuts to the woman and she starts crying. Or yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah. That, that's exactly what happens here. Well, at this t- in this point, it cuts to James brooding on a hilltop somewhere. Yeah, um, with the other half of the locket that they're looking possibly for. Possibly the best brooder I've oh, seen. Just strap in, man. Just, James is just going to, he's just going to eat your heart out. Um, he's just riding a bike, man. Just James, pouting. James invented emo way before My Chemical Romance. Um, <laughs> okay, so the next uh, scene is we're back with the horns, and Johnny Horn is. Audrey's brother, and he's the poor troubled lad who is pounding his head into the dollhouse. Um, and his mother tells him that Laura's not coming uh, today. So um, the Horn family has, they have trouble. Um, they're very well off financially, but there's a lot of problems that they're having. Um, this next scene is like maybe my favorite. At least I think it might be my favorite line. Okay. Because Cooper and Truman go to where the bank is, the safety deposit uh, box, and they walk in and there's just a deer head on the table. <laughs> and the girl says uh, my favorite line, which is, Oh, it fell down. <laughs> Every time it makes me laugh so hard. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's in the script or if they just had that idea, but it's just fantastic. Um, there's also the line right after that where they're like, "How?" He goes like, "When was the last time you saw Laura?" She goes, "I know, I, I know Laura. She was so nice." And he goes, "When was the last time you saw her?" And she goes, "I'm not sure." And he goes, "Would you guys keep records?" And she goes, "Well, we have a lot of paperwork." <laughs> Yeah. There, even the stuff that's not really supposed to be super funny, there's like it's really funny. That's it's like a Kathy cartoon kind of. It's life. exactly like a Kathy cartoon. <laughs> that's what they were going for, I think. They were. It was a secret. <laughs> David Lynch was a secret fan of Kathy. Oh, it's not a secret. Like people and people know. Oh, I didn't know. He's really into transcendental meditation and Kathy. Um <laughs> the two go hand in hand. So Okay, anyway, so that scene, and they get the safety deposit box. There's 10 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then a copy of Flesh World. And in it is a circled photo of Renette Pulaski. So now they're kind of piecing together, you know, that maybe Laura and Renette knew each other. Um, and then, yeah, the show gets great from this point on. Then it's, it's really weird because then they on that same page is a photo of Leo Johnson's truck with Leo standing in front of it. Yeah. And I don't know what that was doing in flesh world. Like what, what is that ad? Like, Hey, do you like photos from like (laughs) 200 yards out of guys standing in front of semi trucks? You know, really there's a fetish for everybody. So, cause if that's your thing, I'm Leo. Um, here's my truck but we go here's my truck so we cut to Leo and Shelly oh god this is great Leo um, so I, what did you think of Leo well it's another time where I'm like 
I feel like he just hires people who live near where he's filming. Okay. Because so this like, is, yeah, this is the story of Leo was his mother is the casting director for the oh, show. Okay. Um, and his dad, I have to look this up. His dad is a famous actor. I'm going to forget his name, but his mother is, I think it's Johanna Ray is her name. And she casted the show. She's cast a lot of stuff. So he read, I think a lot of like when someone would come in and read, he would read the other part. Uh-huh. And so they just, they had him read Leo and I guess they really liked him for Leo, but in this pilot, he's awful. It's really bad. Um, the good news is, is he gets a lot better and Leo is a, a great character, but like in this, this scene, it's pretty awful. Um, yeah. He's definitely like, that's what I mean. Like, it's almost like a side character from clerks. Like, <laughs> just yes. using community players yes. from around town. And to be honest, I think some people were like, I think Cheryl Lee, who plays Laura Palmer, was from the area. Really? You know, well, she's, you know, dead they, for but most they of used it. a lot of people who, um, you know, were not like big names. Um, and, but yeah, in this scene, it's really bad. But this scene is great because he's like, you know, what kind of cigarette do you smoke? No, you smoke these. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love it. Like, when you're around here, the house has got to be clean and you only smoke one brand of cigarettes. Like, it's you speak to your wife that way, right? That's how you talk to your wife, right? Yeah. Well, and by talk, if you just mean I'm talking and she's listening, then yeah, yes. That's the rules, right? She yeah, keeps the house not, clean and she only smokes one type of cigarettes. Yeah. And for us, it's not, you know, we don't smoke cigarettes. So it's one type of whiskey. <laughs> and just a little bottle. What is this Jim? Be- what is this Jim Beam doing here? We only <laughs> drink bullet. Let, let me get this straight. Uh, I love. Perfect. Speaking of drinking, I love that in this. I think he's drinking like blueberry schnapps or something. Like it's whatever it is is like bluish green, and it's like out of a liquor bottle. Like what is he drinking? It's probably blueberry schnapps. It looks like Nyquil. Well, you know, living in a, I, you know, from Ohio. Because I, I small towns in Ohio, like they literally drink. Like I think the first thing I ever drank in my life was peach schnapps. Oh God, that's awful. And it was because I was in Ohio and it was summertime and I was like fourteen and I was like, oh, we gotta get some peach schnapps. Like they just don't, you just don't know, you know. Oh, dude, it's such a bummer. He's like, I'm gonna drink this Nyquil. I'm really tired from taking photos in front of my truck. <laughs> well, that's how they build the beds in the back of those trucks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It, it's um, gross. Listen, small town people will drink whatever you give them. Yeah. I'm just telling you from experience, man. That's so, why there's just a lot of babies and baldness. Leo. Leo and Shelly. Um, Leo and Shelly. So the next thing we see, um, the town hall meeting is awesome. And that's when he's like, I think I saw a cottontail rabbit. <laughs> and he goes, it was a snowshoe rabbit. And he goes, snowshoe. Um <laughs> I don't I'm sorry. I'm gonna try not to just act out this whole show. No, so far it's been real great. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is really funny though. So he this is where he calls uh where he's kind of given every he's given Cooper the low down on like the townspeople and he calls Catherine the original deep freeze. And then right after that, Cooper of of Benjamin Horn asks Who's the glad handing dandy? <laughs> yeah, that's a great. This is just it's so good. Um and then there's the uh oh who's the lady with the log? Oh, we call her the log lady. Uh, and she's just like flicking the lights in the back. 
And I don't think we see the log lady again, but she's just incredible. Um, yeah, I think like not, I don't. Favorite, I mean, in this episode, we don't see her again. But my favorite person in this whole in that whole scene is the mayor. Yes, like he's the best. Like I was like, <laughs> he's the guy that if I was writing Twin Peaks, like he would have been my oh, mayor. He's like the figurehead, where he's like the queen, where obviously he doesn't do anything because yeah. he just goes, "Is this thing on?" and he just goes. He just like Sheriff Truman just like sits him down like that. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that'd be the guy. Who, like that's how I'd write the mayor. Yeah, it's perfect. Mm. That's what every. That's what like a mayor should be. Is just this old guy who doesn't do anything but has lived there for a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's when Cooper kind of warns everyone, and they set a curfew. Mm-hmm. Um. The next. Uh, so the next scene is we're at the uh, the Hayward house, so Doc Hayward and his wife. Okay, uh, this show continues with the random um, relationships. So the Hayward mom is um, Mary Jo Deschanel. That's Zoe's mom. Okay, I was wondering if yeah. that was that. Yeah, Zoe and Emily's uh, mom. And then that would have been Ben Gibbard's ex-mother-in-law? You're, now you're stretching this show, sure. I'm just saying this show is a breakthrough for um, you know people being related to other random people and people being almost related to Ben Gibbard it's really this was a breakthrough show yeah for it's really that. a breakthrough show for, for the postal service's exes so um, by the way have you heard Ben Gibbard's song about Ichiro uh no i no <laughs> I'm, okay. but why haven't i that seems like something that i think I i'm be... gonna put the, that at the end of this it, it's re- it's relatable because each row played for seattle and this show happens in washington um it's one <laughs> it's probably my favorite song about baseball okay let's move on um yeah yeah well they're at the hayward house and so let's see that the parents are talking and uh donna hears them they know they're looking for the locket so she sneaks up and tells her sister, she's got a bail. Um, this is when her sister is writing a poem. Mm-hmm. Um, did this scene interest you at all? Well, I, I mean, I kind of like, I didn't really pay attention much to what she was doing other than I thought that was, it was funny, but cause I was like noticing her as like the prototypical, my older sister's hot. Yeah. And I'm like the dorky younger sister. She looks like Anthony Michael Hall. Every time I see her, <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. help but think of Anthony Michael Hall. She looks like an Anthony, a mix between Anthony Michael Hall and the main guy's girlfriend in Caddyshack. That's fair. Thank you. <laughs> it's I, it's a stretch, but I just that's what I thought. Yeah. When I think of her, like it, it, she just was really funny to me, and I love how she immediately. You mean Dan? Um, you mean Noonan? Noonan. Who's the main guy in Caddyshack? Now, you, see, now we're going to start a 10-minute discussion on who the main... <laughs> no, no, the cat, the, the, who's the, the caddy. Who's the... Okay. You think he's uh, the main guy in Caddyshack? What's his name? What's Danny, his name? Danny Noonan. Danny, Danny Noonan, yeah, yeah. Danny Noonan's definitely the the through line in Caddyshack. So the girl who's like, well, thanks for nothing with the like the Irish yeah, accent. Yeah, the, the weird Irish character that yeah. is the worst character in the, show, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that girl. Okay, so she's writing this poem where she's like... You know, trying to figure out if it's the full blossom of the evening, mm-hmm. um, and so then Donna sneaks out. This it goes. This is very much like the beginning where she's like, "I'm going to transfer the call to the red phone." Like they go back to the 
the sister and she's like, now that some time has passed, I think the full blossom, it's very like way too deliberate. Like they didn't need to do that. They could have shaved off that. Um, It's very much in the realm of, you know, the show. Yeah, it's very Lynchian. Not cutting when most people would cut. Um, And you either (laughs) like it or you don't. Um, So the next thing we see is Bobby and Mike are drunk and have shown up to the Hayward house looking for Donna. This is awesome. Um, When Mike walks up, Bobby says, don't take any any oink-oink off that pretty pig. <laughs> As he's like throwing beer cans into the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh Yeah, this is setting up my whole thing about those two. But they're yeah. great. No, this is great. So Doc Hayward's like, have you guys been drinking? And he's like, Well, you know, we're pretty broken up. By the way, Bobby's been doing most of the drinking. The one who's like on top of the roof when he says <laughs> yeah. that. So he you know, he goes up to see if Dawn is there and she's not. She's stuck out. And so I love that he's like, do you have any idea where she'd be? And he goes, like, don't worry, we'll find her. Like, so menacingly. (laughs) And then Hayward goes off to call the sheriff about her missing, but not to call him to say, like, hey, will you also arrest her boyfriend who just said in the most menacing of tones, don't worry, I'll find her? Like, And also is drunk and driving around. Is drunk and driving around. Oh, another great thing. This show is so great because there's things that like, I, I've seen this pilot so many times and I missed until today is when he, when he goes, when Doc Hayward goes upstairs to look for Donna. In the meantime, Mike lights a cigarette and smokes it. And you know this because when, Doc Hayward opens the door. They show Mike flicking a cigarette into the yard. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that's going to cover up the fact that you just smoked a cigarette? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I didn't, see, I didn't think much of it because of the Mike and Bobby. At, uh, okay, we we'll keep going. No, anyway. Because when we get to that uh, roadhouse scene, oh, this, is, so this is what I'm going to talk about, Mike and Bobby. Well, we're there. Because the next thing with the roadhouse... Um, well, I love the stakeout scene yeah, with the sheriff. Yeah. In Cooper. Yeah. I, I think it's a really funny scene. And when the doc calls and like, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for her and we'll, we'll make sure she gets home or whatever they promise her. Because then it comes up later. He's like, I promised a man about his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, funny line. Um, but like, I don't enjoy. Here's what I don't enjoy about Mike and Bobby. Okay. First of all, I'm a big, I'm a huge uh, opponent. I don't know if that's the right word. I hate f- bad fake fighting. Like it's the oh, worst yeah. thing to me. And this roadhouse fight is like the ultimate horrible choreographed fight. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like it's it's a bad. It is again. It's like community theater doing a production of like The Outsiders. Like it's just the worst fake fighting. It's almost Sunny beating up uh, uh, Apollo. Oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, who's, who's, uh, Carlo. Carlo. Yeah. It's like Sonny beating up Carlo on the streets in Godfather, like yeah. the phantom punches. Wait, that wasn't real? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like that. But I don't also don't understand how these two guys, Mike and Bobby, like literally fight an entire bar of bikers and pretty much are fine the entire time. Well, you might actually find out something about that later. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Because it's like they act like superheroes in this town. I know. You're going to, you, there might be an explanation for that. You have to wait. Um, Are you saying there might be because you don't want to spoil it? Because if there is, I'll take it. And that's not a spoiler. 
We're gonna, we're gonna, like, just, oh, we're gonna allude to it. No, just cool your jets. There. Well, it really bothered me. It really bothered me that these guys like get away. What's with that everything. song from West Side Story? Stay cool, boy. All right. It's literally called do Cool. I, do I have to start quoting West Side Story to get you to kind of come along with me on this? You can. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Boy, <laughs> boy. Okay, so um, Welcome to tomb. I just hated that scene. Okay. Well, you hate it, but it's also amazing because there's a few things I want to point out. The roadhouse, right? This is where they are. So the girl... Great exterior. Great exterior for a place. Julie Cruz is the one singing. She sings all the music from the show. Um, She actually... What's funny is they made a record with her, Lynch did, before the show. So a lot of the music from the show came from that and they had already done it. Um, But she's up there singing with like the village people outfit, like the leather hat and jacket. Mm-hmm. And she has like these like wood earrings that are mismatched. It's great. It's just fantastic. Um, so when Mike and Bobby walk in, there's those couple, the couple guys in the front, the one who ends up, they help Donna. But when they walk in, one of them goes, Oh, it looks like Mutt and Jeff just crawled in, which like, I'm not, this is not a spoiler. Like they don't ever refer to them as that in the show. <laughs> Mutt, <laughs> Mutt and Jeff. Like, what is that? Um, great names. And then it's the name of some morning radio crew somewhere. Mutt and Jeff. I think so. There's the, uh, so yeah, Mike comes up to Donna and he's yelling at her and, and, uh, that's when Ed gets up and tries to step in and he gets his, his, uh, you know, you know what handed to him, but there's this great, ADR a lot like obviously like you know dubbed in later where Bobby goes lights out Mr. Monkey Wrench (laughs) yes 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 this is the funniest show of all time it's so great um but yeah the fight is bad and it's like filmed from kind of far away too um it's not perfect the show but you know it's great. It, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. If you if you tuned in to like get like you know crouching hitter or tiger hidden dragon type fighting, like you're in the wrong place. Um, well, now I know that. Now I know what not. No to one ever expect. told you that. No one ever billed it as that. Um, <laughs> no, they did not. So then uh, the fight. Donna leaves with uh, Joey, and that's when they see her leaving. And like, oh, Jay, Joey, and he's like, no, she's. You know, he's taking her to see someone else. And I think that's when they lose her. And there's that weird line where he's like, I forget what Sheriff Truman says, but Cooper just like deadpans, give me a donut. (laughs) Yeah. Which is just kind of strange. Um, So then Donna and James meet up and we know that, you know, James doesn't have an alibi. He was with her. Um and then they kiss. Oh my gosh! They kiss, and then he's like, "I feel bad. <laughs> I changed my mind. I don't feel bad. <laughs> it's so bad." Because Laura. So let's see. Laura was cheating on Bobby with James, but then James and Donna are cheating on, I don't know, and Mike. Because Laura's. Yeah, but James is cheating yeah. with the ghost of Laura and Donna with Donna, and Donna's cheating anyway. It's just yeah, because it feels like endless. Yeah, because it feels I I don't know. So maybe this is a spoiler, but it feels like they weren't cheating while Laura was alive. Like it feels like that was like the first kiss between Laura Flynn Boyle. Oh, it it, yeah, that's they they had not 
This is okay. new. I think they say that too. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, that's what I think. I mean, it's been a couple of days since I watched it, but yeah, that was what I gathered. Yeah. From that interaction. That's why that line, like, I don't feel sorry. I feel like bad. This, I feel bad. I don't feel bad. I changed my, he literally goes, I changed my changed mind. Changed my mind. I don't feel bad. <laughs> oh, it's it so great. Remember high school? Wasn't high school the best? And then somebody goes back and high school was the, high school was the best, man. I was the, I was a star quarterback. That's not true. You went to, did your school even have a football? You know what? We had a football. You went to a, a performing arts high school. There's you guys didn't have. Football. We had a football. It was a prop for one of the musicals we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was. Uh, and then somebody goes back and they 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 bury the locket. They right? bury yeah. So they bury the locket, um, and then the cops they they do end up catching up to Donna and James. And we haven't seen that interaction yet. Of what them picking up James yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the first time that James is actually brought in. Um, and so that's when they have, oh, they put James in with Bobby and Mike and they're like, uh, they're barking at him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The weirdest scene. So Lynch will use like time in terms of like, he slows down and speeds up stuff a lot. And that's what he's doing with the sound. So that's why it's, at the end of it, it's really weird because it speeds up and then it slows down. And it's so creepy. Um, with the barking? Yeah. You can hear it if you go back and listen to it. It's really weird. Yeah, that's not the most creepiest part about that, though. It's just these two superhero jocks are barking yeah. at, at James Dean Light. James Dean Light, yeah. And he's like looking very like he's got his head down. He almost looks like another dog who's being barked at. Yeah, and I'm like, why is he? And let's see, this is the thing I don't get. They have this whole bar of bikers, and they can't. And everyone's worried about these two dumb idiots. Well, the, those guys actually are football stars of the football team. No, I know that. Not but like that the, doesn't mean not like anything. You. Listen, they, they can be stars of the football team, but they that doesn't know. mean they can fight an entire bar of bikers. They I don't just, know how to time step. All right. Oh, you don't know that. Those two actors, I bet they damn well do know how to time step. So, um, if Russ Tamlin was on set, I bet he showed him how to time step. That's probably true. That is probably they true. They probably did a pre shoot time step every day. How many times is how many times during the filming of this do you think they reenacted scenes from West Side Story? Oh, all the time. Using the bikers and Bobby and Mike as the Jets and the Sharks. Well, that's episode two. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for you to be disappointed. Um, we're almost done. Let's get... Th so there's the uh, there's the scene where they have all the donuts laid out. It just makes me hungry. Love donuts. Oh, but God. yeah, that was very funny how he separated them all. That yeah. was yeah. very funny to me. Uh, Cooper's asking for a place to stay. And so we're going to... He's going to stay at the Great Northern. Um, yep. And Duh. then we get... Um, we're tipped off that the Sheriff and Josie are familiar uh, mm -hmm. with one another and Catherine knows this and she's on the phone she's familiar with ben horn so she's telling ben about this mm -hmm. uh, and the last scene we see is someone digging up uh, the locket and sarah palmer has a vision of this and we get we were gifted with one final scream um before we say goodbye to this episode Thank God. Thank God. Um, now, wait, who is Catherine? Which one is Catherine? 
Oh, sorry. Catherine is, um, she is the one who owns the mill. She's, um, Oh, the, the Asian girl. No, that I'm sorry. So that's Josie. So Catherine is, wait, so, so, so hold on. So the sheriff is familiar with Catherine. No, sheriff is familiar with Josie. That's but Josie That's lives with Catherine and Pete Martell. Yes, this is why I was confused. Yes. So um, anyway, so Catherine is spying on Josie and the sheriff, and she tells Ben Horn um, on the phone and says, and he says, "Let's meet and talk about it." Ben Horn. Yes. Um, so, and there you go. There is the pilot. We got through it. Uh, it, it uh, yeah, we did get through it. Um, (laughs) I'm really intrigued about what's going to happen in episode two because like I said Kyle McLaughlin came and coming and he he definitely like saved me from wanting to turn the show off yeah but it's going to hinge on episode two I'm just going to lay it out lay it out for you I tend to think that the first season of the show um, is just it's great I think like if you're a fan of television the first season is going to go down really smooth um, Ooh. <laughs> if we can get you through the second season, then you're going to, you'll be a fan of the show. The well, first, first season is definitely more for the, just it, anyway, I don't want to get too into it, but first season is great. It's really short. I think it's only eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you're going to like it. I'm excited to kind of go through all this with you. It's interesting to note. Um, one thing I'm, I was going to say is they've shot all this on location and a, and there was a lot of time that passed between now and then the next episode we're going to watch. So you're, cause you're have an eye for this. You should notice that like everything that shot from here on out, um, I believe is all on set or in LA. So like, like when they're outside and stuff, it's Los Angeles. Whereas the first, um, so they basically hired someone to come in and rebuild all of these sets, um, oh. in Van Nuys. That's so like, a pain in the butt. Yeah. And you know, you've worked in... in uh, I've worked in some television. Wait, so when they're doing the, the outside shots, exterior shots, like, can you see like palm trees? Well, they're going to... They use a lot of footage. They use a lot of footage from um, this first one, like of exteriors, like they'll show... You mm-hmm. know, they cut to trees a lot in this show. It's just... It's going to happen. But um, there are... Happen. But there's a lot of scenes you'll see um, where they're in... You know, like the exterior, they're walking, and it's actually L.A. I'm, I, mm. I don't want to say it's 100%. There may have been stuff that was shot up there, but I think that pretty much everything from this point on is is Los Angeles. So, um, anyway, just when you go to watch the next episode, something to look for. For not only you, but the people who are watching along with us. Oh, oh. So. My my wife is walking in the door right now. It's probably time, it's probably time for us to end then. It is it is actually yeah just the time to end. So um, as she walks in with a bag full of produce, does she only have one one type of produce? It's just a lot of lettuce, which Look is at, weird. You only have one kind of lettuce around here. This this has better be clean. <laughs> oh, this, a snow foot. Better only be iceberg lettuce. This better be iceberg. You lettuce. listen here. We you don't have only a, have romaine lettuce. You have iceberg, okay? What is this? This is romaine. <laughs> Honey, we're quoting from the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> she gets. She was like, wait, it's not just this. Okay. Sorry. Well, thank- I'm sorry. Sorry, guys, who, all the few that are listening. Don't apologize to the one person who's made it to episode two. 
Um, thank you, Dallas, for joining me. Thank you, Sean. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you can follow us at at Percolator Pod, and you can also visit us at www.dishintheperkelator.com. And we'll see you next week for episode one or episode two. Episode it's, one or episode it's two. It's technically episode one, but on Netflix, it's episode two. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Go, 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 eat your own. Round and third and heading for home. Don't you know?